0: You are listening to the Anormo cast.
1: One would think that a dirtbag like Alex Honnold would sit back and let that sweet, sweet free solo money wash over him, like the sweat washed over your armpits watching him paddle up the free blast sands rope. Didn't look exactly solid, did it? But he ain't partying with DiCaprio quite yet. Instead he's doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on the Honold Foundation, his nonprofit dedicated to creating equity through solar projects around the globe. And now Black Diamond is giving you a swank opportunity to get on board with the Honnold Signature Chalk Bag and Solution Harness. What's the Chalk Bag like? Well, you know, I've got one. It holds chalk. Sits there for when you're sweaty. No dumb pockets or zippers or anything. And the Solution Harness, well, Alex Honnold doesn't always climb in a harness. But when he does, it's a solution. But most importantly, the Honnold Foundation gets a kickback from BD every time you buy a Honnold Signature product. So, check them out at blackdiamondequipment.com or your favorite local shop. And if you don't want commerce getting in the way of your giving, donate directly at honoldfoundation.com and keep that ratty old harness that scares your partners. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in, Ted? Are, are you playing here? We're doing the uh, Enormo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, the big house. place. That of town. That's a big nice. place. you so oh, i we days. really yeah. should. Have. the hell are you doing?
0: Couldn't sleep. I'm checking the ropes. There was
1: a freight end on your rope, and I'm cutting it out.
0: Good weather, bad weather.
1: Now or later, anytime.
0: Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment, with support from Maxim Ropes
1: and the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the EnormaCast.
0: And now back to the show.
1: Hello and welcome to the NormaCast. This is your host, Chris Calouse. It is... December 26th, 2018, about 9.30 Central Time, doing my annual remote cast from Wisconsin. And this is episode 166 of the EnormaCast, a a long overdue and somewhat archived episode with Mr. James Lucas. And on the uh, episode, we say that it's his third appearance on the EnormaCast, but it's actually his fourth. This is a fourth appearance by James Lucas, and I don't know if that puts him at the top. Some of the other frequent guests were Mr. Hayden Kennedy, Andrew Bisherat's been on quite a few times, so he's right in there with those guys. But this is certainly the only guest to get four of his own episodes. And before we get to that, the seventh anniversary of the Armcast went by without note at the beginning of this month. With uh, I guess the Adam Andra episode would have been the anniversary episode, so pretty wild that this thing's been going on for seven years, and we're here at the end of 2018, so I just want to thank everybody for listening, for continuing to make it what it is. If you guys weren't listening, I wouldn't be making it, so uh, yeah, thanks to you. Thanks to you, Norma cast Nation. All right. Fourth installment here of The Life and Times of James Lucas. He's been a regular on the show, as I mentioned. And if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, if you're not a long-time listener to the show, might be worth listening to those. Maybe after this one, go back and you'll find out how much James has changed from the beginning of the Normal cast all the way till now. Quite a big change. You long-time listeners will hardly recognize the guy I interviewed in this one. And this is actually an interview that's been sitting on the shelf for several months, actually. goes way back to May or April, and I don't know what happened, but I kind of shelved it because I had a bunch of stuff in the the backlog already, and then, I don't know, just never got put out. So things are pretty steady and consistent in James's life since we recorded this way back in April, I believe, or May. Still has the girlfriend, still has the job, still has the roof over his head. I believe the ProMaster is running just fine. The one change I should mention is that he did fire Midnight Lightning this year, and he has a long and sordid pass with that boulder problem. Okay, let's get to it. The fourth installment of The Life and Times of James Lucas. You're an cast celebrity, for yeah. sure.
0: I, I get people asking me when I'm going to do another you know, Enormacast. <laughs> they get all excited about it. I'm yeah. Like, Dude, the, the one with the pie was so good.
1: Yeah, the pies, man. That's kind of like... The
0: pie thing was like a really good racket. And the, I mean, I kind of figured that out. Mm-hmm. That was a really good racket. I, like, I knew that someone would be interested in it. And I also knew that would be good with the ladies.
1: Yeah. How is your pot pa- how how is your pie baking these days? Pretty much non-existent. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, man. people are going to be disappointed.
0: Yeah, well, I got a girlfriend and um, I also moved to Boulder and so I I'm like trying to get an eating disorder.
1: Oh. The pie is not Yeah. <laughs> fitting well, into your <laughs> new training regimen. Yeah. Regiment.
0: When I was like making a lot of pies, mm-hmm. I remember I I was in Bishop I had, like, a pie tasting one day, I had uh, my friend Paul Barraza. Do you know him at all?
1: Well? No. Uh,
0: he's kind of like an old-school boulder, and uh, used to climb around, rifle and stuff. He lives in the Bay Area now. Mm-hmm. And he, I was trying to, like, do a couple of, like, V7s, I was, like, getting kind of close to them. And he came over for, like, a pie tasting with his, his wife, Lynn, and as he left, he's like, you know, you could probably do these if you didn't eat so much pie.
1: I was gonna say, you know like, that uh, you know uh, that uh, famous possibly apocryphal story of of JB telling Christian and those guys that they were too fat. That yeah. old it was an old old famous uh, climbing magazine article I think it was in one of the magazines, mm-hmm. but it was about how Christian and Dale Goddard and somebody else went to France and you know like early sport climbing, like when they basically went to France. Right. And then came home and they were like, we have to start yeah. putting bolts in. both bolt the you world. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay. While they were there, and this is an old st- story, is that they they basically, you know, JB supposedly told them they were all too fat, which is ridiculous because mm-hmm. like Dale Goddard's famously skinny.
0: Yeah. He's super thin.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and they took it to heart to yeah. where they were eating like almost nothing and mm-hmm. like drinking no water. And then of course- Christian blows out his finger, like, trying to do some root at right. Bukes. But it turns out that supposedly, like, it was fully JB just taking the piss out of him. Just
0: like,
1: <laughs> you know, we're yeah. gonna, I'm going to, like, fuck with these Americans, mm-hmm. get them off the track because... Nice. Yeah, so he, like, made some comment about him being too fat, and then they yeah. went ahead and got so skinny that they could hardly climb anymore. Right,
0: classic yeah. American style. Yeah, Or totally. you're, like, really insecure, and someone finds, like, a little bit of your insecurity yeah. and blows it up. <laughs>
1: Still, still. <laughs> anyway so there you go that was kind of maybe your boy's like little comment was just out the door he's like gonna throw a dart in yeah. your confidence <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> just hit you up yeah. so uh yeah so no pies at the moment so no no pies yeah. but you can bring i mean you can just call upon those skills
0: yeah yeah it's not something you like lose it's right. not like oh fuck i forgot how to ride a bike
1: yeah or oh, bake a pie or bake a pie right yeah
0: so mm-hmm.
1: anyway so talk let's talk about this uh i mean some of these things. There's, like, the James James Lucas of legend. Right. And then, like, some of these things don't compute that well. Like, to tell me that you're actually literally dieting mm-hmm. for climbing just seems a little bit contradictory to your sort of legend. That, really? I think so. I mean, so, you know, like, you, you seemed a little more, uh, I don't know, like, happy-go-lucky about. Just the, the the performance end of things. So now oh. you're a little more focused and intense and, and maybe, you know, like, are, it w- should a dirt bag be, shouldn't they just be eating whatever they could get their hands on? You know, it's like when you're dumpster diving or whatnot. Right. You're not really like, oh, that, you know, perfectly good pasta i can't take right that. Um, is there any kale in here that's yeah. not spoiled
0: see i guess that's
1: it when... but you're but that's not really maybe not even anything you ever did
0: yeah i think i made this impression that i was like a really big dirtbag and what i was was a really dedicated rock climber right and so it's like i was doing whatever i could to climb right right and now i'm still doing the same thing where i'm like i i really want to climb right and i want to climb better i want to mm-hmm. like. Climb harder. Okay, what do I need to do? What's like the smart choice for me? Now all of a sudden there's gyms available, more training available. It's like smarter to get better at climbing by not being a dirtbag. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm trying to like minimize my dirtbag lifestyle as much as possible and maximize my actual
1: rock climbing right. time. Well that was that's an interesting thing. We had I think you you may have gotten in touch with me having listened to it, but you know, we had a big discussion here on the EnormaCast earlier this year about dirtbags. Right, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I remember sitting there, and and maybe you came up, I can't remember in the conversation. Yeah, but I got a little shout-out. Yeah. I was so excited. Well, we were... <laughs> you get your whole, you get whole episodes, man. You don't have Dude. to, like, you don't need the peanuts of of, of shout-outs on, on the Norma cast. You get your own episodes. This is your third one. I was at the... Or this uh, is your fourth one. Th- third, fourth? I think it's your third. Yeah, I was
0: at the Austin premiere of the Donwall movie, mm-hmm. and I, I like, the, the theater was packed. Like, Josh Lowell's there, Brett Lowell. I'm sitting next to Alex Honnold. Like, Tommy's there, Kevin's there. Everybody's, like, there in sight. And it's all, like, quiet, and they're doing a bunch of footage of people, like, walking up for, for the stand. I'm, like, in a, like, half second of mm-hmm. footage, and Honnold, like, nudged me really hard. I went, that's me! <laughs> you just blew it. I, I, I was just, like, so excited. <laughs> and did you? <laughs> it's did like any time I get any sort of like little acknowledgement, I'm like, "Oh my god, oh my god!"
1: Nice. Is that all there? Is that all? Was all of you in the film? Was there more of you in the movie? Well, I yeah, there was like a bunch of me. It was like
0: you could see my head and my face and my chest, and I was like walking up to the top of El Cap with the backpack on.
1: Did did you get to be like a talking head? Oh or no, 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 no.
0: Jesus. Yeah, I know. This guy's really blew it.
1: <laughs> totally. They, <laughs> they don't did. know. I mean, they should have talked to me. Yeah. Like, your, your name's money on, oh, yeah. on the Enorma cast. Uh-huh. Like, people bug me all the time about having you on this thing Yeah, again. <laughs> it's so, so, let's go back to this oh, idea right. about this dirtbag thing because you're right. Like, somehow, well, it was the movie that was a movie. You were the last dirtbag right. in the movie. Yeah, Cedar made a movie right. about me. And... I think maybe partially because the you know, cast, like, you got this reputation or this, as this, like, spokesperson for, right. like, dirtbag dumb. Right. You know, and yet, you're, you're right, and, and I think part of our discussion about, at least my angle when we were talking about dirtbags is that it's all kind of, like, this myth. It's all, like, mm-hmm. this, like, idea that, or this ideal, rather, mm-hmm. that, like, almost maybe doesn't quite exist. And in its purest form. Right. And I think we mentioned that, like, if you really want to be a really good rock climber, like, the dirtbag lifestyle is probably not going to get you there. Nope. And and so you're sort of like a, an example of that at this moment. Right. Is what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. like, I finally figured
0: it out. Right. It only took me, like, seven years of living in a car.
1: Yeah, but, you know, there's there's obviously you had other rewards besides just pure performance because yeah i mean if you want to be a pure performance climber then you know you can live an aesthetic lifestyle of gym training you -hmm. know all the time but that's no fun you know yeah you know so i mean you know performance is obviously this one thing that hovers over i think climbing for if not all but most or a lot of climbers right performance whether it's you know from five nine to five ten or whether it's v2 to v3 there's this idea that you're always trying to improve, yeah, uh-huh. you know, but it's all, but it's only one aspect of it. Right. But now you're trying to maximize this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting old.
1: Yeah. You are? How old are you?
0: I'm, uh, I'm 36. Yeah. That's pretty old actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I'm not as old as like me. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> as old as you, but I'm definitely like, Oh fuck. Okay. I have to, I just like blew all this time rock on me. I have to like, Think about what I want to do with the rest of my life, where I want my climbing to go, other aspects of my life. Do I want a girlfriend? Do I want to get married? Do I want to have kids? Do I want to have a house,
1: go on vacation? Dude, you're bumming bunch? us out. Should I Should I get a dog? Right. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I mean, you've got some of those things, right?
0: I've got a girlfriend.
1: You've got a girlfriend, yeah. yeah. I got a van. Yeah, you got, got a van. I got a van. I got a job. You got a job. Yep. Mm-hmm. How's that all going?
0: It's okay. I mean, I go in late, but I make up for it by leaving early. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's actually been really challenging, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like going from a dirtbag lifestyle where you've got, like, a lot of free time and you can, like, do whatever you want to all of a sudden in a desk, in a cubicle, staring at Microsoft Word for, like, eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, how, how am I... How am I going to handle this transition? Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's been pretty cool. I mean, um, it's nice to, like, be focusing on getting better at something. I, I really, really like storytelling. And so it's been really re- rewarding for me to get better at it and get better at writing. So I've been psyched on that. But, I mean, it's, it's still a job. You know, there's lots of times I like. I'm not that psyched. No, I'm like going to work anyway. It's like, oh fuck. Get there at like nine, and then at ten, I'm like, oh, it's an hour. And I, <laughs> that's good. I've only got four more hours until I have to do like three hours of
1: work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so who's who's teaching you? I mean, when you're saying you're getting better at writing, I have two questions: Who's teaching you? And B thing About like churning out a magazine, mm-hmm. especially kind of on a you know, you guys have a pretty small staff, right? Um, it's been cut to the bone, yeah. And so, it's definitely like when you're talking about writing, it's also churning out words, mm-hmm. it's fast, and you get a little bit of time to mess with them, and then off they go, yep. You know, so tell me about that experience with when you're talking about getting better at storytelling, how what's the process there, and how is that working for you,
0: right? Well, I mean, it's It's sort of like anything else that you want to get better at. You want to get better at rock climbing. Then the best thing to do is do a bunch of rock climbing. Right. Right. And so with the writing, it's like, you want to get better at writing, you do a bunch of writing. Right. Right. And then you want to get better at rock climbing, you climb certain routes, you hang out with like other climbers and you go through like the pecking order of people being like, oh, you're too fat. (laughs) Or like, oh, you should be climbing trad. Or like, oh, you know, go to rifle. Oh, climb like this, climb like that. Oh, you need to be backstepping. You need to be dropping. And then it's like, okay, you need to like use Knoxford comma. You should be thinking about the lead. You should be thinking about like the the story structure. You should be thinking about the arc. Let's get rid of all these fucking cliches. You know? And so you just, one of the nice things about having rock climb for so long is learned how to get better at one thing and Mm -hmm. now it's like okay i'll apply it to writing and so so a big part of it has just been like writing on a regular basis about anything Mm -hmm. usually like pretty much always relating to rock climbing but it could be about like uh rock climbers in puerto rico it could be about joe kinder doing uh life of villain it could be about um Eating disorders. It could be kind of about anything, and so I'm like constantly have these different subjects and different lengths, and so just working on stuff a lot. And, then, and that'll make you better. And then we all. I also get a lot of criticism from Matt sammet who's the editor, who's like a longtime climber, and uh has been in the climbing. At, this is his second time as the editor of Climbing Magazine, right? And he's like. He's been doing it a long time. He's an old hand it, and quite a good writer. And then uh, also just get a lot of criticism from readers. <laughs> <laughs> that must feel great. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's gotten a lot better in the past two years. But like, yeah, I got some criticism. Probably more. I got more criticism in Yosemite from like other climbers. Mm-hmm. Or just like, oh, you're fucking dirtbag. Or, you know. Just taking the piss. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, for someone to criticize an article I wrote, they have to go to the effort of reading it.
1: Well, Gee. that's sort of true. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I mean, mean, plenty, plenty ha- of
1: people criticize crap that they, yeah. uh, they haven't watched, seen. Yeah. they just heard about it. Yeah, right. They, d-
0: they definitely have to mm-hmm. like read the title at least. They have
1: to engage. Yeah, uh-huh. to a certain extent. Right. Yeah. Whereas, and like, get on a computer and right, you know, type it out. Well. So I have a question, actually, because and I should ask ask Matt this, but I haven't seen him in forever. But how the hell did did you guys or whoever talk him back onto the helm of of Clame magazine?
0: Oh, well, OK. So because I was like, what? What just happened? Matt yeah. Samet's back. Yeah. Well, um, so what happened was Julie Allison took over. She went from like senior editor to editor in chief. It was like a big role for her. A lot, a lot of work. And so, Matt Sammet was working in the same publishing house. He's working as a copy editor at Yoga Journal, and we we're like, "Oh, Matt, will you like start doing some copy editing for Climbing Magazine?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure. Like, su- super easy work for him."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um,
1: he was at Yoga. What was he that? was at Yoga Journal. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh,
0: <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Yeah, actually,
0: it was him and like a staff of twelve women in Lululemon, right? Who just like show up in his sweatpants, (laughs) uh huh, being like, "Oh, dude,
1: (laughs) that's priceless." Yeah. All right. Anyway, carry on. (laughs) Right, we started to get
0: him some editing stuff, and then Julie was like, she just wanted to go freelance, work on some other projects, and not just edit the magazine which is yeah. a super managerial role. You're not really writing so much as you're just sending emails to people about how they need to write. Mm-hmm. And so um she's like, well fuck. I'd really like to leave the magazine in better shape than a guy and who can I hand it off to. There's such a small list of people that are capable of like editing a magazine. And then something as specific as like rock climbing. And then Sam it was like, you know, 300 feet away. And we're like, hey, eh, want some candy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey man, we'll give you some free sweatpants. And so he was into it. Oh, right on. Yeah, which is good. And I think it, it's also like a good position for him because he's got a couple of little demons in the house and uh, a wife. And so he needs like that stability.
1: The, the years he was here at climbing were not the most positive for him. I mean, if yeah. you go back uh-huh. to his interview, you know, we talked about that was a lot of that time was the height of some of his problems Yeah. in terms mm-hmm. of, of his book. And what, what are those, what are they called? The Benzos. Yeah, Benzos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was just kind of like, Whoa, he's back when, yeah. it, when it happened because mm-hmm. may, maybe, I mean, that's a good thing it's maybe therapeutic to come back to it in a better place. But mm-hmm. I know it was a kind of a grim place for him when he was yeah. here. Uh, and I say here because climbing magazine was in Carbondale right, yeah. um, at that time. And uh, before it started to get shuffled around to various locations mm-hmm. um, over the years, before it ended up where you guys are at. Right. Yeah.
0: so uh, Over in Boulder.
1: Yeah. Over in Boulder, Colorado. Yes. So. Yeah. And, and you ended up moving to Boulder, which I don't know. Is, isn't there some betrayal of your California roots in that? Yeah. 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 There's definitely a, a little bit of a divide, I feel like, between not just Colorado and, and California, but like, boulder specifically yeah which sort of exemplifies like the good and the bad of colorado mm-hmm. climbing yeah yeah it, yeah it's is like that a conflict for you
0: it was really hard for me for like the first like year and a half of being there like mm-hmm. i left as much as i could
1: i remember and you I, I was like how are you even getting anything done you're in yosemite again." yeah i didn't i i like, you really cut didn't the umbilical like it. cord from yosemite yeah
0: i mean i have always felt like colorado is the place where like People from the East Coast, they're going to California, and they're like really psyched, and they're going across, and they like get through like the Midwest, and then they start going up the hills, and they stop like right, right there at yeah. the first set of hills. That's what the, I did. Yeah, the, like that's exactly
1: what I did. Yeah, except for I'm not from the East Coast, but Midwest anyway. Right. But yeah.
0: But the higher quality people, (laughs) they make it over the mountains Ah, and then they go
1: over to the Sierras. Okay. And
0: that's where like the really good mountains are. I was like,
1: uh, I'll just settle for these crappy mountains here in Colorado.
0: And so boulders uh, attracted all the crappy mountains. I'm exhausted. Uh I'm exhausted
1: from coming across the plains Mm -hmm. in my van. (laughs) The preppy is running out of
0: gas. Yeah, so now
1: you're stuck there though. Now you're a boulder guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I've got, like, a mortgage on wheels, and so I I need a job. Right. And I also want to get better at climbing, and Boulder's a place where I can, like, maintain a job. Right. And go climbing. And go climbing. Yeah, I mean, I can, like, get a job in Yosemite and go climbing, but it's, like, so... It's too easy to, like, vortex out there. Sure. Like, I just... Go into this deep dark spiral of depression because I'm like cleaning out trash cans at 3 a.m. for mm-hmm. like 25 bucks an hour. Right. I mean, which is great money, but then it's like, oh, I don't. You can't really spend it on anything there. Right. Or it's like hard to get a place and be
1: able to afford a car. It's hard to grow up. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. what it comes down to. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and you know that's th- th- there may be like traps to all that mm-hmm. to growing up. You know, job, car, all that right. sort of thing, but in the end there's a point where it crosses over mm-hmm. the dirt and crosses over to kind of a little pathetic. And And also there's a danger in it in terms of it's easy to do when you're in your twenties and now you're in your thirties. But you know, we all know guys in Yosemite that they don't have anything. Their bodies are falling apart yeah, and they're uh-huh. like, you it's know. like
0: fuck. This is your life, and you're yeah. still like peeing in a bottle at yeah. like eleven <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that's rough.
1: Yeah. So I mean, it is this this transition and to find your spot. And it sounds like you sort of found your spot. Mm-hmm. You've got this this idea of some stability, but you still you know are connected and in, in this in this this sort of scene. But mm-hmm. back to this writing thing, because I think that's a I don't know that's like an aspect I also didn't think about. Necessarily with your life, but where do you see? I mean, do you feel like that skill has a has a destination in terms of? Do you see yourself becoming some other type of creator uh, outside of this? You know, whether it's writing books or whether you want to start writing and doing films or. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that it's actually something that I've had to start thinking about. What's my career going to be in the long term, uh-huh. and like how. Is my job at Climbing Magazine going to advance my long term career? It's just like you want to like free climb El Capitan a day. And so you have to, what climbing am I doing right now that's going to advance my ability to free climb El Capitan? And so right now I don't know. I've gotten as far as like figuring out, okay, I, I like, I can't stay in the position I'm in. And I need to figure out some bigger, longer term goal of what I want to do. And knowing how much. Climbing magazine and writing in general will, will get me there. So, yeah. <laughs> do you want to talk? Let's like talk about my stapler. <laughs> I mean, I start like thinking about this stuff, and I'm just like, oh, ah, yeah. stapler. <laughs>
1: yeah, is I a, a swing line. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's a uh, bow stitch. Mm. I got Dave Alfrey actually sent it to me. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was like, ah. Oh, Good job getting, a job. getting a desk job. Yeah. stapler. Yeah, <laughs> here's a stapler, and <laughs> like it's good. It's just like a regular. It's like a regular hundred staple stapler. Bow Stitch also makes like these heavy duty, like um, like commercial grade staplers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, but it's good. I've got like a regular little red desk one because if I had one of those, I'd probably be. Putting those staples into my into head, your Dude, yeah. Like, uh,
1: uh, uh. No, my the Calus, uh, the cluse fortune, yeah, uh, came from from heavy duty stapling and nailing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's nice. True. Yeah. So lot I know now. all about <laughs> these things. Well, no, my dad worked for a company his whole life called DuoFast, which was a a competitor of uh, like Bow Stitch and ah,
0: those other cool.
1: ones. Yeah. So um, I know all about like heavy duty pneumatic nailers and staple guns and stuff like that yeah <laughs> it's not that sweet but you know put us through college and all that sort yeah. of so god bless people need shit stapled and nailed yeah
0: luckily. yeah <laughs> yep holding the world together
1: so we're gonna climb a magazine you know again i keep saying like churning it out because it just mm-hmm. you know knowing everybody at rock and ice here in town like you know it's it's this like cycle it's a cycle yeah, yeah. uh-huh and you, and, you sh- there's yeah, the ship
0: cycle right. and you like you figure out your assignments you get the drafts in you edit them you rework them you get all the pictures together boom like you lo- look it over you read through the whole thing make sure you didn't spell climbing wrong and you and then you gotta it, it
1: yeah <laughs> and then you just do it over again yep you and take, then you do like, it again. Take, you take a, like a breather and you're like all right we're back or yeah. or it's like overlapping like some of the, i mean mm-hmm. stuff it's a, totally overlapping, overlapping
0: yeah right, right it's kind of annoying like Julie was w- way more into like this wave cycle like Okay, we're gonna work really, really hard, and then psh, we're gonna like, okay, like decompress, and you've got like a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam it's just like, just he's like, a fucking grinder,
1: like whipping. Just yeah. like tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's another Shipped. day. See yeah. you at nine a.m. <laughs> yeah,
0: yep. mm-hmm. yeah, It's That's just rough. like, uh, I mean, the plus side to that is that I've been writing a lot more, and I've gotten better. Right, and it's cool to see progress and growth, but that shit is hard. It's right. hard to like improve at anything. If you you get, all of a sudden you find yourself like not eating because you're
1: like. Oh, I wanna... So tell us about let's go back to that a little bit. Okay. About your your what you're My, calling your eating, yeah, eating disorder. Yeah,
0: well, it's not really much of an right. eating disorder, but I've just been. I wrote this column in the magazine, and I like, because now that I like working a job and I've got like a bunch of time, I can like think about this stuff I'm, like how do people get better at rock on me? And I like looked at all the people I knew who were really good at rock. Oh, Alex Arnold, oh, Mason Earl, Nick Berry, uh, Alex Puccio, <clears throat> a bunch of people. And I'm like, oh, they're all super fucking skinny. You know, not like you can see their spines through their stomach skinny, but they look like just emaciated bodybuilders. Yeah, they're shredded.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fully shredded. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, that's why I want to become and then looked at myself in the mirror and I was like,
1: ooh,
0: <laughs> 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 ooh yeah, that guy's got some work to do. Right. And I, I mean, it's definitely been like a bit of advice that I've heard from climbers over the years. Yeah. Like
1: your boy out in Bishop.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stop eating the pies. Stop bro. eating the pies. One time I, I went to uh, Tioga Cliff with Rob Miller. He just freed a line next to the nose. Earlier this year, he freed the, the mirror wall with, uh, Justin Shang and he's done a bunch of other stuff in the valley. And we were like climbing some hard 512 at, uh, private property the Tioga Cliff. It's at like 10,000 feet just on the east side of, uh, the Tuolumne Gate. And we're going back up to the car and I'm like stuffing Cheetos in my mouth, just like so far, so hungry. And, uh, um, I see Rob and pulls out this little bag of macadamia nuts. He pours some in his hand. He looks at him. He counts out three, puts them back in the bag. I'm like, oh, Rob, how how many macadamias do you eat? It's like, oh, I always eat seven. But you, <laughs> you'd only want four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just like spitting at you. <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. That, that didn't sink in at the time.
0: No, I was just like, kid and and i'm like oh fuck it like yeah i can like get better without like having to really work for it and i can eat whatever i want Mm -hmm. and like i don't have to train yeah i can just like sleep out underneath the base of the climb and i'll get it done and now that i've actually had some more time i've like had some more thought about like okay how can i actually get better you gotta like really work at it
1: and you've dropped how many pounds uh
0: i've dropped i think i've lost like Fifteen to twenty pounds since I sent the free rider.
1: How long ago was that? Um, A couple years now. Yeah, a couple years, three years, maybe. Damn. Yeah, that's a lot of weight Mm -hmm. for a guy who's not. I mean, you were like, I don't know, thick for a climber. Mm. But I don't wouldn't have never. I don't think any. I don't think (laughs) no. I know, but I don't think any. Like you know proper midwesterner would have looked at you and thought you were they would have thought you were svelte like if you right. if you dropped into fucking like you know milwaukee wisconsin they would have been right. oh my god that guy's so fit yeah um so where where i mean that seems really pretty radical to lose that much weight like what what are the weights like where did you go from to what
0: uh i was like uh hovering around like 170 mm-hmm. like 172 i uh, down to like 150, I'm
1: 155 one, or so.
0: I was one hundred and fifty-one point eight 1.8 this morning. Holy crap. I'm like, I'm trying to go sub 150. <laughs> <laughs> Are you like
1: super dizzy right now from like no, not eating or what? No.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> but definitely like because I haven't been a dirt bag, right? right? Like I've h- had a place. I can like cook for myself and I've got like regular, easy access to good grocery stores. And so my diet's improved dramatically. Right.
1: So it's like you're eating not just less, but mm-hmm. isn't the sole thing. You're eating better food.
0: I'm eating better food.
1: Right. And I more like, are you being really scientific
0: about it? Uh not super. But I've also like learned a lot about nutrition mm-hmm. from working at the magazine. Right. And editing all these articles about like the way climbers eat. So it's like I have to work with these nutritionists putting these articles together for like the how-to right. section. And the, um, it's like I'm learning all this stuff and it's like, oh, cool. Well, I'm just going to start doing it. Why don't I just apply it to my life? Well, what do you,
1: what's like one thing that you've well, – give me something. What do you think like is a fundamental change that somebody like myself, you know, I don't uh-huh. really think too much about what I eat. So what do you think like a fundamental change I could make to not just like a performance thing, but well, I guess, yeah, like for, for sort of a performance thing. Cause I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a person for whom, you know, since high school, literally, you know, my weight can, has fluctuated like four or five pounds. Mm -hmm. Any, I mean, sometimes I'm just as light or lighter than I was in high school. And sometimes I'm like a couple few pounds heavier. Yeah. So I don't know that I actually have a ton of weight to lose. I mm-hmm. don't know where it would come from, to yeah. be honest with you. I'm pretty freaking skinny. Yeah. You're, so, you're
0: not like a big dude.
1: No. So it's like I would have to kind of like look for some sort of nutrition changes for, right. for muscle building, for, mm-hmm. for energy. So what do you got? Less beer. Fuck it, there's no way I'm going to be a better rock climber (laughs) I don't drink that much beer actually Yeah I mean, I'm drinking one right now Right, right But it's more, uh, you know, it's like the atmosphere Mm -hmm. I'm ready for it in the RV But that's good, I'll take that Don't eat super late at night Really? Mm Mm-hmm Ooh, I eat like a, I eat like um, I do, I'm a big late night cereal guy Yeah Yeah, not super sugary Mm Mm-hmm You know, some Cheerios or something Yeah, yeah but still, you're like, I, I may eat. I may eat and literally be like asleep like ten minutes later. Mm-hmm. So what? Why? Why is that? You just don't metabolize it.
0: Yeah, you. I think it's just like you're like trying to digest all this food, and you're trying to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I think it like affects your sleep. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: huh. I sleep pretty well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm also exhausted sleep. all the time. So, yeah. especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, what about fasting? Yeah. I'm not is like that big, is that part of it or like a, a one meal fast type yeah. thing? I've read about like I'm trying to figure that out. Right. More. Like I've gotten into
0: intermittent fasting like just a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. You just go eighteen hours. And right. that includes like your sleep time. Right? right. So essentially you like eat dinner at six. Yeah. And then you go to bed at like ten. Mm-hmm. You wake up at uh, whatever, 6 because you're an athlete, and then you just, like, have some coffee.
1: Right, and you don't eat till like, after and then, lunchtime. Yeah, and then right. you, eat, you eat at noon. Right, yeah, and you're experimenting with that? Uh-huh. It's not a big part of your regimen at this point?
0: I've been trying it fairly regularly, seeing how it affects my bouldering, how it affects my route climbing, and um, it definitely makes a big difference, route climbing. Last year, I wanted to do Cosmic Debris in Yosemite. And I was just out there for a short trip. It was something I tried a bunch before I did the free rider. And I was one hanging a lot. And it's this 16 move power endurance crack climb. And I was like, okay, I've only got like a week here. I have, and I want to do this route. How am I going to make it happen? And I went out there and I like top roped it once. And I was like, well, I, feel, I felt a lot stronger than I had before. And so I just, um, I didn't eat for like a day and a half before the climb. And then uh, like I ate that morning, but like kept it pretty light, but just try to increase my energy levels. And then I got on the route and, and crushed it. I was like locking off so much harder, just a lot stronger. And I mean, I put together this, I'm like slowly working on a Yosemite bouldering guidebook and, uh, I got this story from Jerry Moffitt about when he did the Dominator. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh yeah, like I could, he got like Kurt Albert to like power spot him and like hold him in the positions and like he could slowly start to do the moves. And then his time was like running out. And so he, he just ate a salad and like hiked the Yosemite Falls trail a few times, lost a few
1: pounds and then crushed it. Really? Yeah. Uh huh. So we're we're just all too heavy.
0: Uh yeah. But the th- then like I've like had it work really well and then I've had it like not matter at all. Right. Where it's still like, oh I, I like still didn't crush, like like not eating the day before didn't really help me. And so I'm trying to figure it out.
1: You're trying to figure out what conditions uh uh-huh, lead yeah. to the lead to the performance.
0: Right. I mean you like I looked at the top twenty like eight A dot new boulders and they have a body mass index which is proportion of your your height to your weight. It's sort of like measuring body fat, but it, it's harder to measure someone's body fat accurately. The top 20 8 dot new boulders had a BMI of about like twenty two point seven or so. Even now my BMI is probably like three, twenty four. When I, I was climbing the Rider, I was like 20, like 26. I was like borderline overweight, according to like the national average. Okay. And then, um, I talked to Tom Randall, who was like, Oh, if you want to be like super good athlete, you want to be my of around like 20 or so. And Tom Randall's like tested hundreds of climbers, thousands of them, kept track of all their, their data, how well they hang holds, and like how hard they climb. And, um, He's like, oh, yeah, around 20. But when you start getting, like, lower than that, then you start, like, having health problems. And, right. And you're... Like, you're getting
1: too too skinny.
0: Yeah, you're getting too skinny, and it, it's problematic. To be healthy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you, you look at all the best rock climbers, they're all super skinny.
1: It's interesting to hear you talk about it uh-huh. in terms of experimenting with all this sort of stuff.
0: Right. And so, I mean, it's like anything you've, you find, like, some things that work right some things that don't and it really it really depends on everybody what about
1: your quality of life yeah that i mean is it is it not a problem for you to not eat as much
0: when i was like super dirtbag i like didn't have any money
1: right
0: and then it was like actually the skinniest i got was like in my early in my earliest days of dirtbagging.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: uh like because i i just couldn't afford food.
1: Right.
0: And then I got like super skinny. And I was actually climbing really well then. Like when I look back at my like climbing logs and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh this is what I did it's like really good. As probably I was climbing as well then as I am now. And I seem to be putting like less effort into it. But then I started to like have a little more money and like buy some more food because I can. And now my my quality of living's like pretty good.
1: You were like a res dog, you know, you had, le- you had known the lean times. Yeah, so now uh-huh. you were going to like pack some food on just in case.
0: Yeah. Just, like, in, just case. in case. Yeah, like, was, Somebody sent you back. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, like I feel secure enough in my life and like my financial situation that I'm not just going to end up groveling somewhere and like, well, I have money for food. Right. So, so. Okay, now I have like that comfortably
1: it. pass up a meal now. Yeah. <laughs> Before it was like I'm not passing up that yeah. fucking meal. Yeah. It's you like, got food, I'm eating it. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like yeah, you can't pass up an opportunity to like work or right. like you know, you can't Oh, somebody's like I could catch a ride to Towmie to go like climb at Peak. Oh, okay, like let's go. Now I'd be like, oh, well, what's the weather like up there? Like, <laughs> oh, it's it's snowing? Okay. Yeah, dude. No, I'm not yeah. going. Yeah, I've got my own car.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> N- thanks. <laughs> you have this relationship with a professional climber. Uh-huh. You guys are sort of a power couple of climbing. Yeah. Has that had an influence on this or this is all internal? This, like, desire to climb harder?
0: This, this is, uh, it's all internal. and. Uh, I'm probably dating a professional climber because I want to climb harder. Right. Right. Like that's probably like I saw that a little bit. Like, oh, I want a partner that climbs a lot. Uh-huh. Like not a climbing partner, but like a life partner. And so, it's
1: like, oh, okay. Do you guys like work on all this stuff together in terms of meal times and eating the same thing? Or are you guys but, on different programs in terms of your diet?
0: No, we're, we're actually like a lot on the same program. Right. Yeah, which makes it a lot easier.
1: For sure. Because it'll be like... Yeah, like you're not just eating some sloppy, delicious burger while she's over there pecking at, you know, some some salad or something
0: like that. It's like, (laughs) so it's something we can both do. I'll be like, oh, hey, I read like, oh, you should have a high-protein meal in 3 a.m., five times a week. And she'll be like, oh, well, do you think that really helps your rock climbing? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, let's wake up at midnight. And have a cheeseburger at 3am and then um, they'll be like, okay, like, cool, I'll do it. And then you've got a partner in crime to work on with, like your
1: horrible ideas. Is that a real thing or did you <laughs> just make that up? I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad to clarify that. Yeah. Someone's out there taking <laughs> yeah, notes right now. Saying... Just like, oh, that sounds like a
0: great idea. Yeah. No, no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have said I made it up. <laughs> If you're out there listening, send me pictures of your burger. Yeah, at
1: 3 Uh a.m. Just, like, fully eyes half open. Just, like, eating some big sloppy fucking cheeseburger Make sure there's a clock in the background. (laughs) That sounds horrible. Like, you couldn't possibly get me to eat a burger at 3 a.m. Yeah. Anyway, if you you guys, anybody gives it a try, let us know how it works.
0: (laughs) I mean, so, it is pretty helpful, like, dating a professional climber that, like, helps me like want to get better Mm -hmm. and also having a a job is kind of helpful because I've got limited time. So I have to maximize it.
1: Cause that was the other thing that, you know, I think is a a trap of dirt bagging is like a laziness.
0: Yeah. You have too much time on your hands.
1: You're like, we can do this another Mm -hmm. time, you know, and we can go and like, we can just kind of waste the day at the crag. Right. Like just farting around, yeah. doing some roots I've already done before. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's like the dirtbag thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, just go lap some shit you got wired. Right. You know, and then drink some, drink beer at like 2.30 in the mm-hmm. afternoon. Right. You know, or climb stuff in a wig.
0: Right. You yeah. know, like
1: all these, like they're all these like kind of like tried and true, I guess cliches of like dirtbagginess is. Uh-huh. But they're also really just avoiding, like, trying hard mm-hmm. in this weird way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like like I said, out, always, like, some angle to the climbing, like, oh, we're going to drink 10 beers and climb. Yeah. Or we're going to, like, all wear spandex today. Yeah. Or we're all going to, like, wear wigs today. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's like, well, how about you just, like, go and try really hard today? Yeah. Like, no. Oh, No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no, no, that's not not that's for a, me <laughs> no that's like bad for your chi or whatever yeah <laughs> you know? so yeah it's interesting um but again like to hear all this coming out of your mouth it's kind of wild because for whatever dumb reason you're like the king of the dirt bags yeah i know and and you're not at all you live in boulder and you have a job and you like are dieting like a maniac mm-hmm. to try to climb harder yeah like those all those things are not dirt baggy at all
0: yeah well i think Plus, you're
1: driving a freaking new pro master.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, there's slowly getting you're breaking hearts right now. Yeah, I probably
1: out there Mm -hmm. for sure. What do you have to say for yourself?
0: Oh man, you know I'm climbing harder. I've got a huge van. I've got a girlfriend. Sounds better than being a dirtbag to me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, amen. Amen to that. Let me ask you a couple more questions about Climbing Magazine. So, oh, yeah. do you feel like, uh, I mean, part of your job is obviously to pay attention, to see what's going on in the world of climbing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I actually often, uh, you know, get in touch with you and I have some weird question right. about something that's going on out mm-hmm. there in the world. Um, How
0: significant is the South Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> Was that one of them?
0: I think so.
1: No, no. It was about, wasn't it about people skipping the ear yeah, pitch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my beef. Yeah. With, um.
0: Which is what everybody does.
1: Yeah. No one climbs the, the 513 above the ear. Right. Mm-hmm. Which was the original line. And it also was the original free ascent. Right. Mm-hmm. Climbed that. Yeah. And I, that was my, I was actually wondering if you knew like which free ascents had done that and which hadn't. And yeah. basically
0: there's like two or three that have done that. And then like dozens that haven't.
1: And the skipping of that is through the monster off Right. Mm-hmm. which are technically a part of a route called Bermuda dunes. Right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But not the South day wall. Yep. So and it just seems like it's kind of something that was shuffled under the rug. hmm. Yeah. You know, let's just skip the cracks. Yeah. Just, and it was, I mean, it's like as Why hard should... as the head wall in yeah. terms of grade. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah harder someone said something to me recently that a uh, hold broke on it they on think. the head wall no no on that pitch oh but that maybe. sounds fishy to me yeah that, that sounds, sounds like one of those excuses that you're mm-hmm. just like that's too hard
0: so, yeah i'm yeah. sure there, if you need it if you need an excuse for not free climbing hard enough there's lots of them on el cap There's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I'm tired from hauling yeah <laughs> um, is like the number one one, but but anyway, so back to my question was that like what are your kind of ideas of like trends in climbing that are happening right now and, and can you kind of like being at this sort of a centerpiece of like information coming into climbing and it's kind of your job to pay attention right like what do you think i mean where are we headed? there's more money in climbing and it
0: I think that's come a lot from, uh, climbing gyms, the indoor circuit and competitions and the Olympics. They'll play a big part of it. Um, but then also there's a lot more like mass media coming out. There's the Domwall movie. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, you know, Meru. There's like, uh, the new Alex Honnold doesn't fall bouldering, an L cap movie. There's like, there's more money in rock climbing now and that's that's probably like the biggest change and it's affecting average climbers in that there's just more resources available everything from like more money's being put into making cams lighter and so all of a sudden your rack is getting lighter Mm -hmm. which means it's easier for you to climb trad uh to there's a new gym opening up and. There's like better training area. There's more facilities. There's like a daycare there. So if you're a parent, you you can bring your kid there, climb more. Or if you're like a dirtbag, you'll be able to go in there. Use the shower. Use the shower. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Uh There's like just more resources available for everybody because there's more money in it because there's more climbers. Places get crowded. There's more people you don't want to see. Yeah, and so like, I think the longer you climb, the less that really matters because you realize you're capable of going somewhere else. You're not like stuck climbing the first flat iron for the rest of of your life. You leave Boulder, go to Rifle, and climb
1: at the project. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no crowds there. That'll really uh clean it out for sure. (laughs) Well, right on, James. Thanks for sitting down, man. Yeah. Uh, Part three. Of yeah. your continuing saga. Quite a few changes since. Yeah. Shit, how long has it been? I don't
0: I know. Mean, three, three years. four years yeah. since
1: your last episode. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot of changes.
0: Yeah. So. I got a girlfriend. I better give my girlfriend a shout out.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And, you know, she actually, she's in Yosemite right now. Oh, really? Yeah. So, she took my van, she took the portal edge, she took, like, the stack line, and she's, like, off in Yosemite climbing on father time with kate lambert oh sick yeah she left me with the crash pads
1: nice mm-hmm. wow that's a change yeah as well big changes yeah it seems like there's a lot of pro dogs out there in uh out there in yosemite at the moment oh yeah yeah it's like you gotta have a you basically like you gotta have some portal edge shots in your social media or i don't think you get your contract renewed. yeah either. no it's just basically <laughs> like you gotta be up on the captain or up on some r- route where you can, you can talk about the sunsets from the uh, from the portal edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they're like, "Beat it, we don't need you anymore."
0: It's pretty much like the Anunnaki or Scarface <laughs> photo of pros. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, anyway, I'm headed out there myself. I want to see some portal light shots. Oh, uh, yeah! I'm gonna, <laughs> I am like gonna be a content creating machine. Nice cap. <laughs> That's the whole thing. I'm, I like if anybody. By the time this comes out, this adventure will be over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this will be in the past. But if I catch you doing some dumbass shit up there on 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 the South Face wall, like like aid climbing the Hollow Flake with a pair of Valley Giants, <laughs> I will fucking slander you <laughs> to death on the cast. So don't. I hope I didn't see that. I just hope I didn't see that. I've heard about it. I've heard about it. Oh man. I, I, I just hope I hope to God yeah. I don't see something like that. It's the
0: same people who wear their rock shoes into
1: the bathrooms at the gyms. <laughs> I it probably is, actually. But yeah, I can't I can't handle that stuff. I'm really worried actually. I'm worried about it's been since two thousand and eight since I've been to the valley. Oh.
0: I think you'll be okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks for coming on. Cool.
0: Thanks, Calice.
1: All right, folks, thanks for listening, and thanks to James for sitting down. Sorry it took so long to put that one out. Apologize, James, but still relevant, still going on, still steady there in Boulder at Climbing Magazine. Also, it's kind of funny because I realized that I put it out before I went and climbed El Cap, subject of another podcast from back in June, I believe. And uh, yes, talking a little smack there in the end about the hollow flake. And then it turns out that I uh, climbed it on a mini traction as it was getting dark and there was a fixed rope on it and some guys rapping down it. I just jumped on the mini traction, got it done. So anyway, you know, that's what happens when you talk shit. Sometimes it comes back on you a little bit, but I'd let it in the past. So I didn't feel too bad about skipping it. Okay, folks, 2018's at its finish and we made it couple more days by the time you listen to this probably well into 2019 so let's make 2019 a year we survive as well accident-free for you and for me first thing you can do of course is check your knot every time
0: rock on, yeah uh, eventually i'll grow up i hope so but more than that i hope that someone's there to take my place to continue the, the dirtbag dream